up Driving when the sun goes down The hum of 18 wheels Lord, that's a lonely sound I spend all day Chasing that old white line I've been on the road so long I've lost track of time Hey friends, this is Gary Rayburn of Lonesome Road Ministries and we've got an awesome program for you. I know you're going to enjoy it today and you're going to want to get more copies of this. So give us a call, 618-383-2107 or log on to lonesomeroad.org or you can email me at gary.lonesomeroad at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you. Now sit back, listen, and enjoy today's program from Lonesome Road Ministries, Church on the Road. Give us a call. We look forward to hearing from you. I keep those wheels turning from town to town. There's so much I gotta see. I gotta look around. I got diesel smoke rolling. From two chrome stacks, my address is 408-414, a big blue Mac. Now it don't matter where I'm going, I just gotta drive. I have that white line fever to the day that I die. I said 18 wheels rolling on the road, it is my life. Three-fold chord conference. Here's James Payne. Crank up the music and let's have fun. Let's forget about ourselves and put Jesus first. Well, clap your hands and testify of his mighty works. Crank up the music. Come on, let's have church. David said to clap your hands and shout with a loud voice. Every time you come to church, you have to make a choice. You can sit there in your seat. You can act like you're asleep. I'm going to sing and praise the King of Kings. Crank up the music and let's have church. Let's forget about ourselves and put Jesus first. Clap your hands and testify of his mighty works. Crank up the music. Come on, let's have church. In those old camp meeting days when I was just a child. 
music would start playing, the folks would step out in the eye. They would drink that living water until it quenched their thirst and say, crank up the music, let's have church. Crank up the music and let's have church. Let's forget about ourselves and put Jesus first. Clap your hands and testify of his mighty works. Crank up the music, let's have church. I'm tired of hearing people scream out at a football game. Come to church and act real quiet while I praise Jesus' name. If you feel the way I do, get out of your seat. Let the Spirit move you from your head down to your feet. Crank up the music. Let's have church. Let's forget about ourselves and put Jesus first. Clap your hands and testify of His mighty works. Crank up the music, let's have church. Clap your hands and testify of his mighty works. Crank up the music, let's have church. Oh, thank you so much. I wrote that song for a guy by the name of Mike Perky. And... Uh, he recorded it with using my soundtrack, and then TBN signed him to a record deal, and they sold 580,000 copies of that. He tells everybody that song made him famous and made me rich. <laughs> He's a great guy. How many here from Mississippi? You're the only two I ever saw from Mississippi. I, didn't, I think the people down there don't know they can leave. <laughs> Over here. Oh, yeah, I forgot about it. Oh, yeah. My good buddy's from Mississippi. Trying to get him out of there, but he just hangs there, you know. Brother Dennis, amen. Uh, I was down in Mississippi, the birthplace of the blues, and I was in a church, I think, where it was born. Some of y'all missed that. You know, they made a movie called Crossroads where they say that people would go down and cut a deal with the devil. And uh, I was about five miles from where they said the crossroads were in this church. And it was supposed to have been a Pentecostal church, but halfway through the service, I went out and checked the sign just to make sure. Because <laughs> uh, they were so dead, you know, and I thought, Lord, you know. And uh, I went back to the hotel and... I thought I'd just write a blues song just for that church and went back and sung it to them that night. They didn't act like they enjoyed it all that much, but uh, two different people recorded it and it went to number one for both of them, so I guess a lot of people liked it. I have 64 number ones now. Uh, yeah. Praise God. And uh, Lord, you know, I'm just an old boy God saved from drugs and alcohol, never been to church, never heard a sermon preached. Jesus found me in a hospital room, covered up with a sheet, and he said, I'm going to raise you up, and you're going to carry the gospel around the world. Uh, three weeks ago, in one night on television, I preached to 50 million people, uh, 5 million online. 
And, and that's not evangelistically speaking. That's uh, what the Arbitron said. So uh, we had over one million souls saved that night. Praise God. God is good. So if this sounds like we're down in the delta when it first starts, that's on purpose. This ain't no house of the blues It's a house of good news It ain't no place to break down It's a place to break through This ain't no place for doubt It's a place to sing and shout So get out of your pew Put on your dancing shoes This ain't no house of the blues Lay your burden down Hey, crank the music loud Forget about your hurts Endless house and church Cause when your praise goes up The glory will come down Let go of your fear and dry your tears God's gonna turn it around this ain't no house of the blues It's a house of good news It ain't no place to break down It's a place to break through This ain't no place for doubt It's a place to sing and shout So get out of your pew Put on your dancing shoes This ain't no house of the blues Sit down. 
Y'all just agging me on. You know, I was in Chicago down on State Street by the Mission where they, they call this area Whiskey Row because there's more homeless alcoholics in this 10-mile radius than anywhere in the world. If I was going to be homeless, it wouldn't be in Chicago. I'd find some way to get to Florida or California. <laughs> Just saying. Um, but it was Saturday afternoon. I was visiting down by the mission, and there was an old man sitting on the steps of the mission reading a Bible that looks like it was almost wore out. And I stopped and sat down with him, and uh, we began to talk. And a lot of what he said I wrote into the song. He was sitting on the steps of the Union Rescue Mission Holding a tattered Bible in his hand I sat down beside him and this old man started preaching The gospel according to a drinking man He said, I've lived on Whiskey Road the last ten years or so Sleeping out in the cold here in Chicago Then he pointed to a neon cross Only two words were written He said, Mister, this one thing I know Jesus saves, Jesus saves If he didn't I wouldn't be here today Jesus saves Jesus saves And when life and the bottle Take you to the bottom Jesus saves When I got home that night I reached for my bottle and begin to pour the whiskey down the drain I fell down on my knees I cried, Jesus, save me, please Since that night I've never been the same Jesus saves, Jesus saves If he didn't, I wouldn't be here today Jesus saves, Jesus saves And when life and the bottom Take you to the bottom, Jesus saves Now if your soul is lost Just look up to that cross All you have to do is just believe Jesus saves Jesus saves Jesus saves Jesus saves And when life and the bottle Take you to the bottle Jesus saves
Can we just pause for about a 10-second praise break here? You've got something to thank God for. Why don't you just do it right now? You want to stand up on your feet and just raise your hand and say, Jesus, thank you that we're here tonight. Thank you, Lord, that you kept your hand on us as we traveled here. Thank you, Lord, that you've been good to us and you've blessed us everywhere we turn. Lord, we just thank you tonight. We thank you for salvation. We thank you for grace. We thank you for mercy. We thank you for loving us when nobody else loved us. We thank you tonight, Lord, for all that you've done in our life. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Clap your hands, all your people. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. Hallelujah. church where I was saved they used to sing this every Sunday night and I couldn't wait till they got to this part when service on television and we had a 50 million audience from around the world they asked me to sing this song right before I gave my testimony that night so I'm going to do this song for you uh, wrote this song on an airplane going to West Palm Beach Florida to preach a revival uh, I just happened to be reading through the New Testament and I was in the book of John and I got hung up on a verse in the book of John I just kept reading it over and over and over and uh it said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God so loved the world. You and I were the world. God so loved the world. 
Romans 5, 8 said that he loved us in while we were yet sinners. He died for us. We didn't have to get good enough for him to die. And you don't have to get good enough for him to bless you. The fact that you come in this church and the fact that you lift your hands to him uh, lets him know that you love him and that he wants to bless you. Man. Uh, I recall the first time that I sung this song on TBN, uh, Jan Crouch came and she said, James, I want to come to Nashville next week, bring the entire crew, and we want to do a video of this song and start playing it on TBN because we believe it will bring people to Jesus. So she came and for two weeks we filmed a video of this song and the first day that it played on TBN, uh, we had 300 people call and give their heart to Jesus that first day. And... Uh, for six months, and, and, and you'll like this because I'd go to uh, a, a town and they'd have on the, on the marquee out in front of the church, uh, writer and singer of the night, Jack Daniels, met John 3.16. When I get there, they'd be 10 or 12, 18 wheelers pulled up in the driveway when I got there. And, and, and I had all kind of testimonies. One guy said I was driving my truck across uh, Arizona and uh, I heard this song and the good thing about it, when TBN started playing it, uh, country music station, 1,800 country music stations across the country started playing this song. Without a record company or any type of promotion at all, it went to number four in the country music charts. And uh, that's not an easy thing to do. People spend millions of dollars trying to get a top ten song in the country music charts, but God wanted it there. Jack Daniels Whiskey in uh, Lynchburg, Tennessee offered to sponsor me in a concert. The, it was uh, number one seven weeks in a row on the country station in, in uh, Lynchburg, Tennessee, where Jack Daniel Whiskey's made. And they said it was nothing to walk through the distillery and hear this song playing. Uh, some Christian bookstores wouldn't carry it because the cover looked like a Jack Daniels bottle. But a chain of whiskey stores picked it up. True story. And right beside the Jack Daniels would be my CDs. So we thank God for the whiskey stores and what they did. That's when I began to learn that God can take the wealth of the world and give it to the Christian to use it for the kingdom. And uh, Paul Crouch walked up to me the first time I did it on TBN. And, and uh, boy, he put it around the world. And... Uh, I thank God for it, but it's just my testimony. It's called The Night Jack Daniels Met, John 3.16. I remember the night, the end of my road, in a motel in Nashville. Searching for hope In my hand was a Bible I read as a child But on the table was a bottle It was driving me wild I poured the whiskey Into the glass I prayed it would help me for 
forget my past Then I read how Jesus died on that tree And I poured out the whiskey and I fell down on my knees John 3.16 God's word broke the hope that he had over me I traded Tennessee whiskey for Calvary's tree that night old Jack You know, singing entertains and blesses us, but the Word of God changes us. I was at one church, and they were giving out coffee after church, and I asked a little boy, I said, why they got coffee? He said, that's to wake people up before they drive home. <laughs> Amen. Jesus. How many of you need God to do something in your life? Something you've been praying about, something you've been holding on to God for. I think all of us could raise our hand, and uh, I'm believing God to do that in your life. You know, I never set out to be famous when I started preaching or singing. I just wanted to be effective. I just wanted to make a difference in people's life, and uh, I didn't start out to be on television or write songs or anything like that. I just wanted to tell everybody about somebody that could change anybody. If he can change me, he can change anybody. I look at what God has done through me, and it amazes me. God could take somebody like me, just a drunk and a drug addict, and never been to church, nobody in my family ever been saved, much less a preacher, and God chose me. The eighth of nine children born to Frank and Lucy Payne. My dad laid down on the floor and blew his brains out on a Sunday afternoon. 
never told me he loved me. But I'm not on Oprah crying about it. I'm in the pulpit telling everybody God can heal you of that kind of thing. Amen. Praise God. So let's pray. Father, open our hearts to the word of God. Lord, I just pray tonight that something I say will chart a new course for people. That they realize really how much you love them, how much you want to help them, how much you want to bless them. And Lord, we thank you that as we preach the word, you stretch forth your hand that signs, wonders, and miracles may be done by the name of your holy child, Jesus. And we give you praise for what you're going to do. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. Uh, This is one of the few times that I ever carry a purse. But don't it match good? Matches real well. Don't y'all be putting this all over Facebook and stuff now. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I know y'all. y'all. Y'all think it's my first rodeo. It ain't my first rodeo. I know you folks. Uh, there's a scripture in the book of Haggai that I believe defines the generation and the culture that you and I are part of greater than any scripture in the Bible, and it's found in the first chapter, and it begins in verse uh, number one, or first chapter, verse number five, excuse me. It says, now this is what the Lord Almighty says. You know, when you read that, perk up your ears, God's going to say something. He said, you've planted much, but harvested little. People today, working two or three jobs, can't make ends meet. They struggle continually financially. Now, I may be reading from a different version than on the screen, but just read along with me. You eat, but you, are, you never have enough. You drink, but you never are full. You put on clothes, but you're not warm. You earn wages only to put them in a purse that has holes in it. Look at somebody and say, maybe there's a hole in your purse. I'm going to show you what happens when you got a hole in your purse. When this was written, the currency was coins. It was very little, if any, paper currency. It was all coins. And, and the prophet Haggai sent to the, the country of Israel, the nation of Israel, with a message of deliverance, and he starts dealing with the problem. And he says you earn wages, but when you put them in your purse, there's a hole in it. For those of you that are in a truck right now, or a car, or somewhere listening to a CD, I happen to have a black and white purse strapped around my shoulder, and a handful of coins, and I'm dropping these coins into this purse that has holes in it, and they're just falling out. Does this kind of resemble 
your checking account or your bank account or, or your monthly. You see, maybe there's a hole in your purse. I said, maybe there's a hole in your purse. And it don't matter how much you make. It just, no matter how much you make, when you put it in the purse, it just keeps falling out. Are you getting the message? So if you'd allow me about 25 minutes, I'll tell you how to fix the hole in your purse. There ain't no hole in my purse. I've been debt free for 31 years. I operate my ministry in abundance. You know how much I charge to come here and preach tonight? Nothing. Am I right, Brother Gary? The reason I can do that is there's not a hole in my purse. I found out years ago how to plug up the hole in my purse. Now, I want to back up for just a moment and tell you why they had a hole in their purse and why God had to send them a prophet. You see, Solomon built this magnificent temple. Uh, The Chicago uh, Society of Architects said that it cost, in today's money, it would cost... $174 billion to build Solomon's temple. It took 153,000 workers to build this temple. There were 30,000 people that worked at this temple every day. It had 3,000 bathrooms. Boy, growing up in a house with nine kids, we could have used just one more bathroom. (laughs) He had 4,000 horse stalls for his horses. Before I go any further, for all of you that don't believe God wants you to prosper, how many of you believe Solomon went to heaven? Some of you don't. That's the ones don't believe in prosperity. You got a hole in your purse. See, the problem's not with the message of prosperity. The message, the problem is with how people accept or reject the message of prosperity. The Babylonians came in and invaded Jerusalem, tore down the wall around Jerusalem, destroyed the temple, and took all of the Jews into captivity. And then a king by the name of Cyrus defeated the Babylonians. Nebuchadnezzar took them into captivity, but Cyrus defeated the enemies. And when he defeated the enemies, he said, God caused me to be victorious because he wants me to build his temple back. And so he told the Jews, he said, I want you to go back to Jerusalem and I want you to rebuild the wall around Jerusalem and I want you to rebuild the temple and he gave them the money to do it. 50,000 of them went back to build the temple, and when they went back, revival came. When they went back and told that 
group of people, we come back to rebuild the temple. Why? Because for over 300 years, that temple stood and the glory of God was on that temple according to First Chronicles where you couldn't even minister. You just walk in there and they just fall out under the glory of God. And that was all gone and now somebody's going to rebuild that and the glory of God's going to come back. And so the whole city is dancing. The whole city is singing. The whole city is, is, is rejoicing because we're once again going to have a visitation of God. And so they go to work and they lay the foundation of the temple. But as soon as the foundation was laid, hell was alerted. Now, don't you think as a church member or as a minister or a chaplain or a truck driver or somebody that works at McDonald's that when God's trying to bless you, don't you think for one moment all hell is not going to try to stop you. Some of you need to grow up. Some of you need to get tough. Some of you need to know how to fight. Some of you need to know how to stand your ground and realize that God is on the throne, that he's a way maker, he's a promise keeper, he's a miracle worker, and it's not going to be easy to do what God wants you to do. But if you just keep believing God, just keep preaching the word. Just keep moving forward. God will move forward with you. Or if you want to quit, he'll let you quit. Because after they built this foundation, the enemy rose up against them and they quit doing what God told them to do. And there may be somebody here tonight and God called you to do something and you went through a tough time and you decided that must not be the will of God because if it was the will of God, it wouldn't be that hard. Take it from somebody who's had 64 number one songs. The first three I took to a publisher was thrown in the trash and I was told by that publisher I was not a songwriter so I should forget about it. I was told by the A&R director of the of the record company that I wasn't a songwriter. One of those songs he threw in the trash was a song called The Cloud He's Coming Back On. The Happy Goodman family cut it and it went to number two in the charts, won me song of the year and made me thousands of dollars. It's now in the Church of God hymn book. The Kingsman recut it four years ago and it became a hit again. Jimmy Swaggart's choir sings it. John Starn sings it. What are you saying, Brother Payne? I'm saying had I listened to this idiot, I wouldn't be where I am today. You can't listen to the devil or somebody stupid. You gotta hear the voice of God. God said go back and build a temple. God said Re restore Jerusalem. You can't listen. Let me tell you something. When God tells you to do something, don't expect the church to, you know, to have a, a banquet to launch what you're doing. Don't expect a parade in your honor. Come on. I'm telling you what. You better realize if you're going to do something for God, sometimes it's going to be just you and God. But if you'll just hold God's hand and let God hold your hand, nothing can stop you. Romans 8.31 said, if God is for you, who can be against you? I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, you got to keep doing what God wants you to do. Excuse me, I didn't mean to get so excited. Get back up here. That foundation laid there for 16 years. Animals built nests. And, and birds roosted and weeds grew up around that foundation where one day the glory of God would be. And what did these people do 
that gave up on their assignment. <laughs> That's why God sent them a prophet. I'm going to tell you how to sew this thing up because I, Haggai came and he only, he only preached five messages. Uh, he preached five times in two chapters. And he gave them instructions after he told them what the problem was. He gave them instructions. All right? Here's the first thing he said. This is the first stitch. He said, give careful thought to your ways. He said it five times. Give careful thought to your ways. Give careful thought to your ways. You know something? You don't have to go farther than a mirror to find your problem. You need to quit blaming the devil, your spouse, your employer, the church, God, the way you were raised, hard times you've been through. Consider your ways. Give careful thought to your ways. That's what he said. Give careful thought to your ways. What do you need to change to change things? You know, I pastored for a few years before God called me into evangelism. and I quit pastoring because I was going to have a prison ministry if I didn't. Because <laughs> I was going to kill those hard-headed people that I was pastoring. Because every Sunday you could tell them what they needed to do to change things, and the next week they still had the same problem. <laughs> Consider your ways. Number one, how much do you pray? You spend 23 hours and 55 minutes getting in trouble and five minutes trying to get out of it. You have to make prayer. You see, what these people did and the reason they ended up in the mess they were in is they stopped working on God's house and started concentrating on their house. And you know, I go into churches all over America and I can't figure out why you put new carpet in your house, but the carpet in God's house is threadbare. You see, you wish I'd have stopped and just sung some more, right? I mean, I'm getting personal now. Come on. I have people all the time, they, you know, they, they go in debt for everything. I mean, I mean they, they go in debt just, I mean, they, they do their shopping Calvary style, charge, you know. And, 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 and they get so deep in debt, and they'll come and get my prayer line, and I have them hand me a $5 bill and say, pray I get out of debt. I said, how much you owe? Oh, about 250000 I said, here's your $5. I don't have that kind of faith. <laughs> you see, you want to spend significant amounts on yourself and your house and, and everything you're doing, but when you come to God's house, you get mad at somebody to tell you that you've got to put God's house first. 
Oh, you must be one of those prosperity preachers. Yeah, and you must be one of them poverty Christians. <laughs> Come on, what are you doing for Jesus? I say, what are you doing for Jesus instead of judging all his servants? What, what is your other ministry? Consider yourself. What are you doing? Are you critical of everything that comes along? And when God tries to teach you something new, you resist it and you reject it. And you don't want to hear it because it don't fit in with your religion. You need to get rid of your religion. Come on. Jesus is not a religion. Jesus is a reality. You need to get rid of your principles. He's a person. My God, he's trying to change things. One day I read this Bible, and I found out in Deuteronomy 28 that part of the covenant was I could be debt-free, and I could lend and not borrow. A third of my ministries run every year on the interest of our money that we've got invested. Are you still here? Come on. I don't have to beg and plead and tell people I'm not going to preach if you don't give. Why? Because I'm smart enough to know that this Bible says I can lend and not borrow. I'm preaching better than you're shouting. I must be getting close to where you live. This, this Bible will walk down your street in a minute and knock on your door. They started focusing on their house instead of God's house. You want to you sew up the hole in your bag? Start putting God first. I said start putting God first. Before you spend anything on you, spend something on God. I'm just kind of waiting until the shouting dies down. I can't hear myself above all this shouting tonight. You see, especially Pentecostal folks, they think they can get in somebody's line, have oil rubbed on them, fall out and get up and everything's going to be better. No, you're going to get up the same unbelieving devil that you fell down as if you don't change. So you've got to change. Do you come to church to be entertained? you come to church to be changed? Consider your way. And then the second thing, obey the word of the prophet. Second Chronicles 20 said, hear the word and you'll be established. Believe his prophets and you'll prosper. Can you say amen back here? I said, can you say amen? You testified. Can you say amen? Believe his prophets and what? You'll prosper. Believe his prophets and what? You'll prosper. Jason, believe his prophets and what? You'll prosper. Prophet said, go up to the mountain, bring down timbers, and get back to work on God's house. You know, as a pastor, I'd see people come in messed up. Boy, they, they do whatever they need to do for Jesus when they're messed up. Come on. Every time you took an offering, here they come. They give their last dollar weeping, oh, yeah, just, just, they just, as soon as they got dressed up, as soon as, soon as they, you know, got a better car, got a better house, come on, started, started eating in a little bit better place. And, and then you ask them to do something, they dig their heels in the carpet and start singing, I shall not be, I shall not be moved. I shall not be, I shall not be. 
Some of y'all sitting here tonight, you, you forgot where you were when Jesus found you and how messed up you were. And he reached down in your mess and he took hold of you and he lifted you up and he got your world put back together. Some of you would be divorced tonight. It hadn't been for Jesus. Some of you would be dead tonight. It hadn't been for Jesus. Some of you would be laying in a hospital bed or a jail cell tonight if it wasn't for Jesus. I said if it wasn't for Jesus, he came to you. He lifted you up. He blessed you. You didn't deserve it. I didn't deserve it but his love reached out to us and all he asked us for is just worship me do what I'm telling you to do listen to my service listen to my prophets consider your ways put me first you know it don't take long after you walk away from the Lord for your life to get messed up these people come back and they're shouting and they're rejoicing. They got a thousand pieces of silver that, the, that Cyrus has given them. The whole city's in revival. But all of a sudden the devil raises his ugly head and he starts criticizing what they're doing. And then they go to their own house and it ain't long until they, they don't have enough to eat. No matter how much they work, they don't have enough money. No matter how, what they do, they're not or contented or satisfied come on because now they turned inward they started working on on what was uh, you know important to them and not what was important to God are you hearing me tonight some of you need to repent some of you need to repent God has blessed you but in the process of blessing you you have forgotten God prophet said you need to put God first I hear people all the time, I pastored them. I can't afford to tithe. You could if you'd sell your boat. I can't afford to tithe. You could if you'd sell one of your cars. Mm-hmm. Well, I want to answer, but I just didn't know it's going to cost me nothing. Hello. I'm going to be through here in a minute. Just hang on. Sound doctrine ain't to be enjoyed, it's to be endured. Preaching that you enjoy won't change you. You need to take a look in the mirror when you get home tonight and you need to say, Lord, what needs to change in me to change my situation? John 10, 5, he said, my sheep know my voice. Don't think he won't talk to you. You know, listen, I got to drive back to Nashville tonight so I can get on a plane in the morning and go to my next assignment. If I did what I wanted to do this morning, I'd stayed in the bed. Amen? I'd had an enjoyable day with my wife and then got on a plane in the morning and go to my next assignment if I did what I wanted to do. But you see, God spoke to a truck driver by the name of Gary Rayburn. And he saved Gary Rayburn's soul. Come on. And he told him to carry the gospel to the truck drivers around the world. Come on. And one day, God honored me to meet this man and to see the passion he has. And when he asked me to be part of this, it wasn't what it was going to do for me. I wanted to be part of this because I believe in his vision. I believe in his ministry. I believe in everything that he's doing. I want to see it, I want to see it grow. I want to see it expand. I want to see it increase. I write letters to large trucking companies trying to get them to get behind this ministry financially. But you know, 
before God lets them be part of it. He wants you and I who are here to do our part because we don't need to sit back and have free CDs and free food, amen, and free preaching and not... Don't you, don't you sit there on me. Come on, come on. We go eat the best food. Come on, we enjoy the best music and singing and preaching. Come on, we get all the CDs we want to listen to. Amen, they don't cost us one dime. I'm telling you, it's time you look in the mirror and you need to say, God, what do you want me to do for Lonesome Road Ministries? Gary, you don't have to carry this burden by yourself any longer. God's going to help me. And when God helps me, I'm going to help you. Now watch this, guys. This is the same purse. This is the same purse that, that those coins fell out of. How many of you watched them fall through this purse? Same purse, but watch now. I want you to put that in there. I want you to watch that now. Watch this. Watch this. What happened? I said, what happened? It's the same purse. I said, it's the same purse. It's the same purse, but the holes have been fixed. You want to fix your situation? Fix the holes. Come on, fix the holes. Let the Holy Ghost tonight put his finger on what the problem is. Come on, if, you're not, if you don't have enough, you need to let the Holy Spirit put his finger on something and say, hey, I got to fix this hole here. I got to patch this thing up. I'm not praying enough. I'm not in the Word enough. I'm not giving enough. Come on, I'm not testifying enough. I'm not, I'm not praising God enough. There's some problem in my life, and I'm full of holes, and I'm empty. I eat, but I'm not full. I drink, but I don't have enough to drink. Amen, my, my wages are just falling everywhere. I leave them behind me but I don't have them in my life need to fix the holes I said you need to fix the holes the gospel it's just not about you it's about everybody else come on it's not what God can do for you it's what God can do through you It's what God can do through you. Come on. You know, this week, I was listening to a radio station. that, And every morning when I get ready to go work out, uh, I listen to this radio station because they play Christian music. And every once in a while, they play one of my songs. And I enjoy hearing my song on the radio. Don't you, Brother Dennis? I enjoy hearing Brother Dennis, too, because I code-owed it. Praise God. <laughs> so I enjoy that. And. What great talent we have here in the McKays. You know, they could be somewhere tonight. Come on, I could be somewhere tonight. There's a lot of ministers here that could be somewhere, but God has us here together. And, and I was listening to this radio station this weekend. I've been listening to them a couple of weeks, and they said, uh, uh, we're believing God that we're going to be able to go on YouTube where we can, you know, have video and, and, and minister uh, online with people, and, and they can be blessed uh, instead of just hearing us on the radio. And every morning for about three mornings, I heard them say this. So the fourth morning, I called the station, and I fleeced the Lord. I said, God, if they answer, <laughs> then I know you want me to do something about this. So they answered, and I said, hey, uh, what's it going to cost? They didn't even know how much it was going to cost. I, that, I, I, you know, immediately I knew 
Well, that's the reason they hadn't got it. They don't know what they need. Now, that's good for some of y'all. God, you know, he doesn't move in generalities. Well, Lord, just bless me any way you want to. No, 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 no. What do you need from God? What do you need from God? So he said, I don't have a clue. I said, well, listen, find out and call me back today. Three days later, I call them back. You see, you need to hear what I'm saying because sometimes God's trying to bless you. God's trying to meet your need and, and you just walking around with your head in the cloud somewhere. The Bible said that the blessing of God will run you down. Some of y'all need to slow down and let God catch up with you. And so when he told me, I said, there'll be a check, priority mail tomorrow. You can go ahead and announce tomorrow that you're going to go on YouTube. And so that problem was solved. Why could I do that? Well, number one, the ministry's first. Somebody's going to be saved by watching that on YouTube. Somebody's marriage is going to be put back together. Somebody's going to be healed. Come on. Now, how do you think God feels about that? Brother Gary, it would be easier for you not to do what you do. Isn't that right? Yeah. He'd be in a better mood a lot of times if he didn't do what he did. It'd be easier for Daryl not to do it. He'd be in a better mood sometimes than he is. You know, it'd be easier on, on uh, you know, Jim and Ann here to just go home and, and enjoy each other and not do what they do. They drive hundreds and thousands of miles preaching the gospel. It'd be easier for Dennis and his wife to go, you know, and, and just record records in their studio. But they know it's not about them. You know. I, I, don't, I don't need to write another song to win another award. You know, I don't need another number one to validate me after 64. I just believe maybe the next one will save somebody. Somebody will listen to it, and they'll be blessed. I've heard people tonight since I've been here, hey, I heard this song. One man, where's that man said, my music brought you back to the church, brought you back to the house of God. There was a man walked up to me tonight, hugged me, said, your music brought me back to the house of God. Michael Knight told me just the other day, I used to drink beer and ride my pickup truck in the back roads and listen to you and Dale Way, and it brought me back to God. Are you still here tonight? I said, when God's talking to you, God's trying to use you to touch somebody's life. Get the holes fixed. I got to quit preaching. I didn't mean to preach this long. Well, I did too. I could preach all night. Jesus has done, I'm not worried about your time. You ain't got to drive back to Nashville, so shut up. <laughs> Amen. But uh, I, want us to, I want us to receive an offering tonight for Lonesome Road Ministries. And I want you to give God the very best offering you can give God. I don't want you to reach and get an offering because you hadn't prayed.
You haven't heard what God said. I need about 50 people tonight that will sow a $100 seed. Even if you have to get it from your neighbor. And I need some of y'all that, that may be here for the first time or some of you has been coming for some time. I need y'all to partner with Brother Gary on a monthly basis and say, hey, if it's $20 a month or $30 a month or $50 a month, whatever, partner with him. How many of you, I don't believe you're here unless you believe in this ministry. Do you believe in this ministry? Do you believe this ministry is meeting a need that, that needs to be met? It's touching that trucker right there where he is. There's 8,700,000 truckers in the U.S. We got a potential of reaching 8,700,000 families with the gospel of Jesus Christ for pennies. Amen. I'm believing God at some point is going to give Brother Gary his own building. If God will give me the money, I'll buy it. It don't matter to me who does it. You just got to get it in your spirit. I want about 50 of you to, or about 49 of you to join me tonight with at least a $100 seed. And that will, that will start this three-court conference out good. Amen? How many of you will do that with me? How many of you will do that with me? Come on, can I get about 49 people to help me? If you're going to do that, I want to ask you to stand. I know some people say, well, uh, the Bible said don't let your left hand know what your right hand's doing. That's because both your hands are stealing. Come on. Amen. I'm going to ask. Jesus saw what they brought. Come on. What now? We, we, we can take credit card, right? We take credit card? Yes, we can. Praise God. Somehow we're going to do it. And if we ain't do it, you've got to change. Fix that hole in your bag. I lost one of my credit cards, or my wife did, and somebody found it, and I didn't even report it. They're spending less than she does, and so. <laughs> this is not, how many of you understand, this is not offering for me, it's not offering for Brother Gary, this is Lonesome Road Ministry. This says CDs are going to get made next month. This says CDs are going to be in the truck next month. Come on. This says CDs are going to be preaching the gospel. This message I preach tonight is being taped. It's going to be in a truck somewhere, and somebody's going to fix a hole in their business. They're going to fix the hole in their marriage. They're going to fix the hole in their family. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, I'm going to ask the rest of you. You can't give 100. You give 50. You can give 20. I'm going to ask you to come. Everybody put something in this cap right now. I asked the Lord one time when I was doing this, I said, Lord, why did you ask me to do this? He said, you were not my first choice. <laughs> There's an IOU. That's good. This man said, give you an IOU. We, we take you an IOU. Praise God. Get, get your wife's purse. I guarantee you there's some money hid in there somewhere. God bless you. God bless you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. You're trying to run me down. That's all you got in your pocket? Well, fix that hole, baby. 
Fix that hole. Go fill that hat up. Come back. Bless you, sir. God bless you. Thank you, buddy. God bless you. This is old boy. said he came back to church. Can I give God? He said he came back to church listening to my music. God bless you, sir. Thank you so much. God bless you. God bless you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You come back again? <laughs> Amen. <laughs> I went to a church, uh, got a call, and they said, we want you to come preach. It was a Baptist church, and I thought that was strange. And they said, uh, we're going to have 17 African-American pastors coming together for a camp meeting, and we understand that you sing and preach. I said, yes. You fly in, rent a car, you'll be staying at the Sheridan, and we'll leave directions to the church, and we'll reimburse you for all expenses. Meet us at 6 o'clock in the pastor's office for prayer. So I get there, and I walk in, 17 black pastors and their wives are there. And when I walk in, they said, are you Brother Payne's driver? <laughs> and it was at that moment that I learned that there was a black Baptist evangelist named James Payne <laughs> who sung and preached, and they thought I was him. <laughs> and when they joined in the circle of prayer, they wouldn't even let me hold hands with them. I had to stand outside the circle. So I go into 1,700 people, and I'm the only white man in the whole building. And the glory fell. The glory fell. The glory fell. While I'm preaching, the pastor answers his cell phone, and he comes and pulls the mic down and whispers in my ear, can you come back tomorrow night? <laughs> so I went back the next night, but that morning he had coffee, and he said, my Monday night speaker was going to raise my budget. My budget's 50000 and so I want you to raise it tonight. Now, how would you like to be a black or a white country music singer in a black church. You're Pentecostal and they're Baptist. And now you've got to raise $50,000. There was six steps up to the platform. I counted them. Came down and stood right here. I asked 1,700 people to stand. I said, we're going to pray. And after I pray, I want... 50 people to bring me $1,000 to meet the budget of the church. It was a huge building, four or five times bigger than this one. When I said amen, they were lined up from here all the way around the church back to right here with $1,000 checks. That was the day I became a Baptist.
I said, you couldn't get that many Pentecostals to give $1,000 if you had a gun. We didn't have nobody to catch people when they fell. It was a Baptist church. I take the money out of their hand and they fall out. And when I left there, they were all over the place here, speaking in tongues and prophesying. And, and I go back there and preach their count meeting every year. Offerings are fun. Stand on your feet, would you please? Brother Gary, come. Brother Darrell, come. All the chaplains, come. All the chaplains of Lonesome Road Ministry, come. Stand here with me tonight. We're going to pray over this seed. Listen, I want you gentlemen to hold that. Don't keep my cap. I want that cap. Uh, All the chaplains, we're going to pray. We're going to believe God. I want you right now to get that thing, one thing on your mind that you need from God. It may be a healing. You know, I got a magazine this week from Inspiration Television where I preach a lot. And there was a lady on page number 13 of that book. She said, my house was in foreclosure. She said, I tried to call the mortgage company numerous times, and they wouldn't return my call. She said, the date had been set for my foreclosure and my eviction. She said, I've been paying on the house 15 years, but went through a situation with my job and got behind on my payment, and now I'm in foreclosure. She said, I turned on television, saw you preaching on sowing a seed. She said, I don't know how I did it, but I came up with a $1,000 seed, and I sent it to Christian television. You can read it in this magazine. It's on page 13 of the Inspiration uh, television magazine. She said, a few days after I sent that, offering, the mortgage company called me, and they said, we're going to reduce your payment $569 a month, So, and we're going to guarantee that you're never going to be evicted out of your house. That's the power of a seed. That's the power of somebody who says, I, I need this, and God, I'm going to put you first. So tonight, we're going to pray. Bow your head. Get that one thing on your mind that you need. God, I pray over this seed tonight. That's what it is, Lord. It's not money, it's seed. It's seed into the kingdom of God. It's seed into souls. It's seed into lives being changed. I pray now, Lord, that because of this seed, you'll show everyone in this building tonight how to stop the hole and plug up the hole and sew up the hole, Lord, so that their, their funds won't run out, but their funds will run over. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus. I rebuke debt. I rebuke the devourer. I tell the devil, get his hands off of these people right now. I tell the devil, get his hands off this church. I tell the devil, get his hands off the Lawson Road Ministries. I tell the devil, get his hands off every one of these chaplains and their families in Jesus' name. I command the devil to get his hands off. I plead the blood of the Lord Jesus. I stand at the foot of the cross and remind the devil of the finished work of Calvary. I tell you, Satan, this seed is raised up a standard against you. This seed is stopping you in your track. Now, Lord, multiply this seed 100-fold in Jesus' name. We never like to close any program without asking you 
Do you know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? If you died today, would you go to heaven? If you've never been saved, or if you've gotten away from God, pray with me right now. Lord Jesus, forgive me for my sins. I ask you to come into my heart, Lord, and save me. Give me a new heart and make me brand new. And I will live for you from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen. What has a big trouble, children? Step on in. Water's a big trouble, children. Step on in. Water's a big trouble, children. Step on in. Let Jesus heal your body now. Wash away your sin. Water's a big trouble, children. Step on in. There was a pool in Bethesda where they brought the sick and lame. There was healing in the water when the angel came. What Jesus did in Bible days, he's doing once again. The waters that be in trouble, children, step on in. Well, the waters that be in trouble, children, step on in. Waters that be in trouble, children, step on in. Let Jesus heal your body now and wash away your sin. Waters that be in trouble, children, step on in. So long for your healing touch Well I can feel the spirit Like a rushing mighty wind Waters are being trouble Children step on in Well waters are being trouble Children Well friends If you prayed that prayer And asked Jesus Christ into your heart Then we want to hear from you Give us a call right here at 618-383-2107 and remember this, friends, Jesus loves you, and we do too. And this is Chaplain Gary Rayburn, and we'll talk at you later. Children,